Hey fans, welcome to today's episode of Calling All Fans. So look, 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 you're not ready, you better get ready. And get your game face on. about to start they're owned by carnival why wouldn't we just do carnival anyways i gotta record a podcast this is live we're doing it right now oh are you recording already yeah i'm recording right now what's up what's this is all gonna be on the episode i'm not editing nothing oh yeah (laughs) we not editing anything is that all time Okay. Nah, it's a little reverb. Little reverb. It's a little reverb. Okay. A little reverb. Man. You know, just you add a little have, echo to my voice. You, you know? still have the sound effects, man. What's up? What you mean? What sound effects you want? We only heard get get with the barbecue. I could have been at a barbecue in a while. Oh, that's because I forgot which uh <laughs> which one I have it on. Uh, <laughs> that's all good. Oh, oh, it, I could have been at a barbecue. Been at a barbecue. Hey, I can I can give it to them. That's you just give it to the people. If man. you want me to give do it, you just hit me people. with a hit me with the wink and the gun like Carlton. Okay, I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, here's the thing, fans. I may sound a little sleepy. And that's because I am. It's real yeah. life out here, man. Yeah. Real life. We, uh, yeah. yeah. He we chose had... to come and record this podcast, though, fans. Yeah. Here's the thing. I could have been at a barbecue. But he been. made the choice to not go to a barbecue to be with you guys. To be with you guys. Say thank you. Yeah. And also, I also appreciate y'all taking out time out of y'all day to listen to this because yes. you don't have to. Um, we think- and, so, and so, fans, here's the thing. I really need y'all to interact with us, though, at our Instagram page, okay? We be putting, we put stories on our Instagram page. We put posts on our Instagram story uh, or Instagram feed. So please interact, like, comment. Do something. Send us private messages. Yeah. Uh, let us know about. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. No one answered our question. You want to know about, why? I have a theory. What do you? Why they theory. didn't? You talking about the teams? Well, the teams. No one answered the question about the teams. But do they want us to? Uh, do they want us to talk about more Ooh. than just sports? Yeah, because this is calling calling all all fans, fans, you know. Yeah. Uh, My theory about the teams is that they actually looked at your team and were like, no shot. His team's just too good. That's it. He's just too good. I can't beat it. Yeah. You know, so here we are. I'm I'm down for that. I'm down for that. That's my theory. And speaking of looking at teams Uh and saying no shot, Uh I feel like that's what the rest of the field is doing with the men's Gonzaga team. Like... UCA, yeah. U, no, USC made it all the way to the Elite Eight and got demolished. Waxed. Like, like you're not yeah. an accidental good team by making it to the, the Elite Eight. Like, you may have one Cinderella game, two Cinderella games. But at, at some point, if you win three, four games in the tournament, I don't know how many it takes to get to the Elite Eight. But you, you're, you're, a good a good, you're a good team. 
and Gonzaga made light work. I, don't yep. know, I think the score was like eighty-six to fifty-six or something like that. Yeah, I, I think well, I think it was I think it was eighty-two to fifty-six or eighty-two to sixty-six or something like that. I know yeah. USC had something that ended with a six, or one of them had a score that ended with a six. It's kind of crazy when you think about it. So USC, they were an eight seed, I believe, mm-hmm. and there they got six. in. There was a six seed. They were a six seed. Okay, so mm-hmm. you get in, you, you you make it through the round of sixty-four, you make it through the round of thirty-two, you get to the Sweet Sixteen. And that's usually where we see Cinderella stories fizzle out is the Sweet 16. Yeah. Which which I don't want to call them a Cinderella story necessarily because they were a six seed, which means six. that if you take all 64 teams, there are 16 seeds, 15 or 16 seeds per region. I think there's 16 teams per region. So if you are an eight or higher seed, you are in the top 50% of all of the teams in the tournament, Right. So I don't necessarily want to call they're they're a Cinderella story, but they're mm-hmm. not a they're not a VCU from a few years ago. They're not right or they're the not Florida Butler. Gulf Coast. Yeah, they're not they're not Florida Gulf Coast. Like they yeah. were a good team coming in. It was a good team, but no one looked at them and was like they're definitely going to the Elite Eight. Right, and these cats spanked uh, Oregon, which was ranked number seven in the Sweet 16, 68 to eighty two. Like you know what I'm saying? Like these they, they yeah. were for real. And Gonzaga, not I scratch. found the score. Gonzaga won 85 to 66. They almost beat him by 20 points. That's no Crazy. accident, man. You know? Crazy. Like, anyway, so what do you think, Cody? It's, we in the final four. We got Houston, UH versus Baylor, a Texas showdown. Oh, that's, yeah. Uh, that's really cool. I really didn't think it would be. I, I, I thought Baylor would be there. Baylor's been good all year. Yeah. I didn't think about U of a, UH. I thought maybe Texas. Texas had a good year this year. Um, but UH is represented, so UH Baylor and then UCLA, the 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 lone eleven seed. Yeah, the lone double digit against Gonzaga. <laughs> so, do you give first of all, do you give UCLA a chance? Yeah, of course, because like like we just made the case for USC, you don't accidentally stumble into the Final Four. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. round of sixty four, round of thirty two, Sweet sixteen, Elite Eight. That's four games. You know how they say anyone can beat anyone on any given night. Here's mm-hmm. the thing. On any given night, if me and you, right, were to put together a basketball team, we were to get our best five plus a sixth man, right? Mm-hmm. We could go and we could play probably 100 games against these college programs, and we might win one out of 100. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what they mean by anyone can be anyone on any given night. Any given night? That's what they mean. They do not mean... Anyone can be anyone on any given night. Does not mean I'm going to win four games in a row. Exactly. And make it to where I'm on the cusp of a national championship. Like, you don't get to the cusp of a national championship by accident. By, no. by, by four, five other teams. If they were to get to the national championship game, you, would, you don't get there if you're UCLA by five teams having a bad night. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's not a thing. And if you look at the team that they just beat in the Elite Eight, Michigan, that was a, that was a good Michigan team. They were a one seed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joan had them them boys playing real nice. Yeah, and they them, they almost won. They had three good looks, and there was an air ball three, a miss layup, and an, and another miss three. So yeah, and, I, and and the thing with that is Michigan didn't have a a bad night. UCLA played the way that those boys are capable of playing. That being oh, yeah. said, Michigan is not Gonzaga. Not Gonzaga. <laughs> Gonzaga has been real all year long. They're undefeated for a reason. Yeah. If they were to finish, if they win the national championship, 
which I'll give my national championship pick here in a second. If they win the Natty, they would be the, the first men's team ever, I believe. I'll have to fact check myself after I finish this. But first men's team ever to go undefeated and win the national championship, I believe. So for that reason, because I want to see history, I hope Gonzaga wins, but I do give UCLA a chance because they've been doing it. Come on, come on. Yeah, I think I think I give them a chance, but to be honest, I don't give them much of a chance. I I I would I love the see so I love the story when when sports is uh when sports was in, is involved, right? So part of me is drawn to the underdog doing the impossible, and the other part of me is drawn to the guy that's like, look, we about to create history. No team has ever gone undefeated before, so it's just like. Part yeah. of me is drawn both ways. Yeah. Um, real, so real, quick, be, real quick yeah. fact check. I, I just looked it up right quick. Right, there have been one, two, three, four, five, six. There have been seven teams that have gone undefeated and won a national championship. Oh. However, the last one to do it was Indiana in 1976. Oh, so it hasn't been done in a really long time. Got it has it. not been done in a long, long, long time. Um, and UCLA is the only team – with multiple perfect national championship seasons with four. So that's all for me. That's also adds to the narrative of, do you knock off the only team with multiple undefeated seasons to keep your undefeated season alive? Or do you let that school, does that school beat you and say, no, we're not even going to, no, we're not playing this game anymore. It's very interesting, man. It's interesting. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. Uh, but I do believe Gonzaga will win and be waiting for um, – oh, why am I blanking? Uh, oh, yeah, UH, Baylor. I, I think, man, look, here's the thing. I think I'm going Baylor. Uh, I I mean, I think it would be cool if University of Houston represented um, in the final in – the, in the championship, in the natty, as you call it. Um, but I, I, I do believe um, – It'll be Baylor. I think Baylor will just be too much. And I think it'll be Baylor and Gonzaga, the two best teams in the country all year long. I think it'll be him too. That's fair. So my my head pick, the logical pick, is Gonzaga versus Baylor. That's the logical pick. Um, My heart wants UCLA versus U of H. That's what my heart wants. Oh, shoot, you want the two upsets. Mostly because UCLA would be such a Cinderella story. And I actually feel like they match up really well with U of H. But do I want the more, do I want the the more um, fundamentally sound game? Do I want what I think would be the more exciting, more uh, high stakes game between Gonzaga and Baylor? Do I feel like Gonzaga and Baylor have been on a collision course all season long for the national championship? Yes. So for that reason, my head says, I, I believe that it will be Gonzaga and Baylor, but my heart says for the Cinderella story, for the narrative, for all of those things to come together, my heart wants UCLA versus U of H. But ultimately, I think it'll be Baylor and Gonzaga, and then I have the Baylor Bears winning the national championship. Dang, okay, okay, okay. Yes. Yeah, man, I, I oh, here's the thing. Yeah. Because I feel like, first of all, I'm intrigued. If UCLA wins, I want U of H to win. Because I feel like if UCLA wins and then Baylor wins, I feel like we have a, a, a 
the opportunity to have a terrible national championship. Yes, I agree. So like it could just be lopsided. Uh, now, could UCLA still continue to to be great? Yeah, but I yeah. feel like they could also be lopsided. If I if it's Gonzaga and Baylor, I man, I'm with you. I think Baylor could do it, but I also think consistency matters. It does. And I think Gonzaga is just stupid consistent. They are. And so I, man, I would love to see Baylor do it. Uh, not because I have anything against Gonzaga, but I just, you know, Texas. I think it would be cool. Yeah. Uh, Maybe I'm a homer, but either but, way, my um, state is represented, so I'm good. Yeah, but I think I think Gonzaga got them boys. Yeah. Oh, man. Here, here's the thing. Here's what I will say. So I just made this big old speech, this big old – had this big old spiel about anyone can be anyone on any given night and blah, 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 but you don't make it to the Final Four by, you know, four teams having a bad night. Here's the thing. If it's Gonzaga and Baylor, those are the best two teams in the country all year long. Mm-hmm. So then that's when the old adage of anyone can be anyone on any given night actually makes sense because this is one and two. It's not like one versus a team that barely snuck in, was on the bubble all year, snuck in – through a playoff game, you know, through the playing game and just ha- put together a magical run in the month of March and April. Like, no, this is the best two teams in the country going head to head. And Gonzaga could come out flat. They could. Or Baylor could come out flat. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they, I, now I will say if it's Baylor and Gonzaga, I would look more. This is going to sound really bad, even though I just picked this team. I would look more for Baylor to come out flat. Than Gonzaga because Gonzaga has not come out flat pretty much all year. Ever. Now, here's the thing that's on your side, though. Uh, I think I heard this, and I'm not 100% sure on the accuracy, but Baylor was the number one team in the country at shooting threes, or I think three points made or something like that. So Baylor, um, they were, and then I think COVID hit and they had to take a break, and then they got back and they struggled getting back on their three-point, I think it was three-pointers made, not three-point percentage, but then uh, they caught fire again in the tournament. So if they come out flat, I do believe they could, you know, if they're, like, down by 10, 15 points at half, they come out firing, and I think they uh, they could yeah. catch fire real quick. Yeah. So so here's the thing. I just I just pulled this up because you, you, you got, my, uh, you got my, my, my brain going a little bit. So when I look at this, Gonzaga is the number one scoring team in the country. No one's shocked by that. That's as of yesterday. Baylor is the sixth ranked scoring team in the country. Neither interesting. Neither one of these teams is top ten in defense. Oh, okay. That is interesting. I would not have thought that. I wouldn't have. And so, so that's this is why I think that that's so interesting because usually you don't see teams that don't play. De- obviously, these two teams play defense, but you don't see teams that. You know, usually the teams that make it to the national championship are top 10 or top 15 in one or both. These guys aren't even top 15 in scoring defense. Oh, so like translation buckets? Yeah, well, just scoring defense at all. Like, there are, they're not top 15 in opponents' point per game at all. Okay. Like, that's what I'm, I'm trying to find them right now. And I don't, I don't, I, I just, I, I'm not seeing them. And I'm already, I'm all the way down to 50 right now. Oh geez. So and I still don't see these. So is guys. it like is that like defense overall? Or yeah. So that... that's just opponents' points per game. It, it it's okay. not breaking down like the, the the macros of everything or anything like that. Um, and this is from NCAA.com. Just in case, like I'm not pulling this from Wikipedia. Baylor is the 51st ranked defensive team in the country. 
and I still don't see Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. So that so that's that's what's interesting to me. It's not that these guys are just putting the clamps on people; they're just outscoring people. You know what I mean? Like they're it, it's not it it's not a thing. Gonzaga is the hundred one hundred and seventeenth ranked defensive team in the country based on opponent points per game. They give up almost seventy points a game. Baylor gives up 65 a game. So that, I mean, that's interesting to note as well. But I, I just, I thought that was interesting. Neither one of them are top 10. Neither one of them are top 50. That's crazy to me. Man. Mm-hmm. That is, that is, you know, I, I just, when I think, all right, three point field goal attempts, here we go. This is what I got on here to look was to see their 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 three point percentage. Um, uh, that's their defensive. I don't care about that three point field goal percentage. Baylor is number one in the country three, for three point percentage. So they've uh, they've attempted six hundred seventy seven. They've made two hundred seventy eight. They're shooting forty one percent as a team, which is I mean. That's, I mean, here we go. That's, that's yeah. nice, actually. That's nice. Um, the problem is <laughs> Gonzaga, their assist to turnover ratio is crazy. They, um, they're a one, they're a 1.5 assist to turnover ratio right now. So that, and why do I bring that up? Because that means that they take care of the ball. They're not, they're not turning it over. Baylor was, Baylor was below Gonzaga. They were, Baylor was 17. Gonzaga was five in that area. So both teams take relatively good care of the ball, but Gonzaga being top five there, along with them being the number one scoring team in the country, you're not, you're not going to get a whole lot of what I like to call garbage buckets. You know, a sloppy Uh pass turns into a transition dunk and it gets the the, the crowd hype. You know, you're not going to get a lot of that from either one of these teams. The, but the thing is, I think that if I'm Gonzaga, I'm, I'm going to chew up shot clock. To, if, I, if I'm playing Baylor, I'm chewing up shot clock. Uh-huh. And I'm, I'm, I'm whittling down the time to force Baylor kind of out of their rhythm a little bit, force them to get in those half-court sets where three-point shots are a lot easier to defend. The hardest, the hardest play in basketball to defend is the transition three. It's that The Warriors have done that. Um, you know yeah. like the warriors made that a lot of basketball teams game plan now and so that to me that's the hardest when you when it's two on one and you have your best the, the shooter the team's best shooter just dip to the corner and i'm attacking you hard and i kick it you can't get mm-hmm. out there to contest it it's a it's a warm-up jumper oh yeah man so we'll see we will see man real quick Uh-oh. we're gonna what do you think about so I didn't know the women were in the final four right now. I yeah. thought I thought because they started later than the men, they their games yep. are happening a lot faster. Yep. Um, so um we already have one going to the championship. Mm-hmm. That would be Stanford. No uh, surprise. They beat South Carolina 66 to 65. Uh, and then UConn. And I believe uh, UConn and Arizona are playing right now. It's halftime. Arizona is up 32 to 22. Will Paige Buckner, Buckner bring UConn uh, out um, or not? We don't know. But um, That is surprising. Yeah, it is surprising. It's surprising to me. Here's the thing. And I hope this is not bad to say. 
but women's college basketball is um there's no surprises you know what i'm saying yeah there's no there's no there's hardly any cinderella story yeah um like i'm surprised the number three arizona is in the is in the thing but i guarantee you yeah number three arizona beat number two texas a&m in the sweet 16 but like when you when I'm watching women's college basketball, if I see the lower if I see there's a lower seed, I pretty much know ninety percent of the time they're gonna lose. Yeah, <laughs> like the lower seed doesn't doesn't win. There's no there's no uh I think the is a term parity. Yes. Um, and so which is not a bad thing. Like if you work so hard to be number one, if you work your hard to be that great, if you if you work that hard to be that good at your craft. Like, yeah, beat down those teams that are, you know, don't play yeah. down the people's levels. Like, so I'm not mad at it. I just, I kind of don't pay as much attention until it gets to, like, that final four when I know it's the four best teams that generally kind of on the same level. Okay, let's pay attention. So, like, Stanford yeah. and South Carolina, 60, you know, 66-65. That was a really good game. Baylor and UConn the other day. Baylor wanted that was UConn's two uh one Baylor's number two um may yeah. or may not have been a foul you know may whatever. or may not have been a foul I think it was a foul because they uh not because they didn't go straight up but because they kept moving forward yep I know in the I league, agree you can't you can't take the shooter space away yep. and so if you go straight up but then you keep running into their you get into their their space then I think it's a foul like she couldn't come down so I, I think that's why I was a foul. Not because they touched her, not because they didn't go straight up, but because they kept moving forward. Like, again, yeah. at one point, if you watch it, like, the girl comes down, I think, maybe on them or whatever. So I, it's whatever, man. You know, people, and people, I'm going to just say this. People, people are talking about you can't blame. There was a 19-0 run. You can't blame the game on one call. And I understand that. Like, if you never let them come have a 19-0 run, you know, then they they don't really beat you by two. That's fair. True. There's a lot of things that could have happened. But we also, doesn't mean that we can't also look at the bad nun call. Oh, yeah. Say. Like, it is true. It They, like, it is true that that bad nun call cost them the game. Yes. It wasn't the only reason it cost them the game, right? It's not the only reason, but it is a reason they but lost the game. But it's a factor. It is it's a factor. factor. And now, not saying if they'd have called it, Maybe she she misses those free throws, but the fact that they didn't get the opportunity to shoot those free throws, yeah, cost you the game. Is, right? Yeah, and I agree with that. I mean, it's for me, it's not a foul because they because they come down and hit her on the arm. For me, that's a ticky tack foul in a high stress situation. You can't call that. But I, me as a shooter, if I go up, which a lot of people are like, oh, she was fading away. It was a bad shot. Doesn't matter. She was a shooter in the act of shooting. The reason the rule was placed was so that we protected shooters on upon landing, right? Mm -hmm. So if I'm a shooter and I'm fading away or I go straight up for a shot and you eat up my space, now I can't land. So now I run the risk of injury, a la Kawhi Leonard, as that's why the rule was placed mm -hmm. um, in the first place. You know, like there's a lot of variables that go into that. So for me, it should have been a foul because of that. But congrats to UConn. You you know, nineteen. Yeah, they're great. A lot they're of other team. things. 
You guys I earned think, it. I think they'll come back from this one too. I think I, do too. I think it'll be UConn and Stanford. Uh, yeah. In the in the final. And it's I, hard to pick against UConn, man. It is, but you know what I think what's about to happen? I think it'll be UConn and Stanford. I think Stanford will get them. Uh I I like I like the the girl Paige Buckner. I think she's awesome. Think uh, she'll probably be the number one overall pick. Yeah, but I I think I think Stanford's gonna get him because what I've seen these past two games, like Baylor was up, there's a 19-0 run. Yep. Like Arizona's up now, and for UConn to win, they're gonna have to come back. I think if they if this trend follows, Stanford's gonna put them down early and not let them come back. Yep. Now they're gonna try to. You know, there's gonna be a furious child to but i think stanford's gonna hold them off yeah uh, and, and yeah i agree with you i think stanford will just keep the foot on the gas i think stanford's too good um yeah. to to if uconn follows their trend they fall down early i don't think stanford will give it back um so i agree with you wholeheartedly on that one um so real quick fans what my co-host means by there's no parity in the in the ncaa tournament for the women if you look at the four um participants in the final four we have three one seeds and a three seed yeah like there's, so there's not a whole lot of shock factor versus yeah. the men's where we have two ones a two and an 11 <laughs> yeah so there's and a little even, bit of shock factor and even in the games early on like there were upsets like people's brackets for the men were busted oh. day one like there was yes. no perfect brackets after day one i don't think yep. or after day two like it was is that is yeah. that much but like if you did a women's bracket like you probably still have a perfect bracket you, right now. You could. Like, I mean, the, I, there's not very many upsets. Yeah. So that's all we're saying. Not we are not thing. saying we are it not just, saying you anything. Already know who's gonna yeah. win. We're not comparing women's basketball to men's basketball as far as like level of entertainment or anything like that. We're not doing that. Um, that has been a hot topic as of late, not so much the entertainment, but just the pay gap thing. That's been a hot topic of late. Um, so wherever you're at on all of those things, look, that is not what we're going into at this current juncture. We may move into that in our next segment. I'm not sure. But Uh-oh. speaking of pay, should college athletes be paid? And if it gives Cody, me back EA Sports NCAA football, then yes. <laughs> Cody, as a former, as a former college athlete, bro. Oh man. So for me, it's it's hard because yes, I did play sports in college but when i think about it i i I was not i wasn't on scholarship for my second stint as a college athlete so fans for those of you don't know i went to galveston college and played baseball um i i did get offered a partial scholarship there um so that was my pay was that scholarship of me being able to say well i'm not paying tuition here i'm not you know like yeah i pay for meals but I, I live, my mom had moved to Galveston, so I was living with my mom. So I didn't pay for a dorm. I didn't pay for an apartment. Like I lived rent-free. My mom bought all my groceries. I, I didn't pay anything. Yeah. I was good. And, but had I not got that scholarship, I'd have had to pay tuition. So yeah. for me, thinking about that, I'm like, no, you should, if you're on scholarship, you should not be paid because you're getting a free education. You're not having to pay for your, if you're on a full scholarship, you're not having yeah. to pay for a dorm. You have a meal plan. And, you know, at the big D1 programs, there's boosters, there's all of those kinds of things, et cetera, et cetera. But then when I transferred and I was playing college football, I was no longer on scholarship. I was just, I was, I was what they call a preferred walk-on. So I walk on at Wayland Baptist University and I'm like, 
okay, we're you know, see what happens here and whatever. But I was paying tuition. I, I had to pay for my own meal plan. I had to pay for a dorm. I had to pay for all of those things. And I was fortunate in the fact that my dad served in the military and signed over his GI bill to me. So when I say I was paying, I didn't pay anything. The government paid for me to get my education, which was incredible for me. But for a lot of the kids on that team, the, a lot of the walk-ons, a lot of the, my teammates, they weren't on scholarship. They didn't have the GI bill. So for them, they are graduating with buckets worth of loans mm-hmm. and, and, and debt, you know, as is the, the, the normal college student, you know, who's mm-hmm. no longer an athlete or who's not an athlete, whatever. But for me, if I think at these D1 programs, which this is a little unfair, and this is where I differ from most people, because when they say, well, that's not fair, I say, well, life's not fair. You know, if you look at the guys, so look at Baker Mayfield, right? Uh-huh. Walked on at Tech, walked on at Oklahoma, won a Heisman. I believe he was put on scholarship, but I don't know, and I actually have no way of fact-checking that. So I'm just going to say I believe that he was put on scholarship after his first year starting for Oklahoma. I would be very shocked if he wasn't put on scholarship, considering the way the man played. It would be really hard for me to believe he wasn't on scholarship. Um, But when he's at Tech, he's not on scholarship. He's just a walk-on. So a guy like Baker should be paid versus a guy who is on scholarship. So for me, the walk-ons, not not the preferred walk-ons. Preferred walk-ons, it means you're like, you're one or two good practices or good games away from scholarship you know if you're just a normal walk-on you just you went to the school you saw they were having you know you've been you know corresponding with the coach and he said yeah come on out try out we'll, we'll we'll give you a look you show up you're not preferred they don't know you they weren't they're not recruiting you it's not like they wanted to offer you a scholarship but they had to offer it to another kid but they still want you to come they were just like yeah we'll give you a look chances are in their head they're like yeah he has like a 10% chance of making the team anyway. So I'm not super worried about it. You show up and they're like, Oh yeah, he's good enough to play. So then they put you on the roster. Well, now everyone's like, Oh, well, he could just get a job. Well, okay. Let me run you through the schedule of a, of a student athlete really quick. You are up 5.00 AM. You work out from 5.00 AM to about 6.30 or 7.00 AM from 7.00 AM to 8.00 AM. You have team breakfast in the, in the dining hall. Um, that if you're a walk-on is not paid for by scholarship. So you have to figure out a meal plan that those things cost. That's quite a bit of money. Um, and then classes start at eight. So then you go from to class from like eight to like 11, eight to noon ish, depending on, you know, where you, what classes were you able to register for? Usually they let athletes register early so they can get more favorable schedules to work around practice schedules. Right. Then at noon, um, it, it's kind of lunch on your own, but you usually go with your teammates or at least we did. You go to the calf, you eat, whatever, whatever. Then you go to your dorm. You could take a nap, which you probably need because you're exhausted. But if you're, if you're smart, you're going to at least do a little bit of homework in, in that time from 12, from about one to three. You're going to take a little bit of that two hours and do some homework. Because if not, you're going to be swamped with it after practice. And you're definitely not going to do it because you're exhausted. So then you're going to do a little bit of homework. You're going to nap for about 30 minutes. You're going to get up. You're going to be at the field house um, getting taped by about three practice, but, or actually eh, about 2.45, you want to be at the field house getting taped, all that stuff getting dressed. Practice usually starts 3.15 sharp. If you're not on the field at 3.15, you're running. No one wants to do that because in college, it's way worse than in high school. For any of my high school athletes out there, if you think running right now is bad and you want to play college, who my man, you got another thing coming. Just I'm going to just be real with you, okay? So then you practice from about 3.15 to about 6, 6.30, depending on the day. 
Um, and then as soon as that's done, you get to you get 30 minutes. You go to your dorm, you shower, you're back in the calf for uh, for team dinner. And that runs from seven to eight. Then you have mandatory team study hall, or at least we did. I don't know if everywhere has this, but we did mandatory team study hall from eight to nine. And then depending on how your grades are, you may have a mandatory tutoring session from nine to 10. And then it's you get back to your dorm at 10 and it's 10 and it's supposed to be lights out at, at midnight at the latest. And then you wake up at 5 a.m. and do it all over again. So at what point in there is, is a college athlete supposed to go and get a job to be able to make the kind of money that they would need to pay for college out of pocket? So that's why I say for me, walk-ons, yes, I can support them being paid because they're not getting a free education. They're, they're not getting... They're getting some money from boosters, but not a lot of money from boosters. And anyone who's listening like, oh, they get money from boosters? Yes, we know it happens. Let's not be weird about this, okay? The NCAA comes down hard on, on these players. We know it's happening at every university all across the country. It's happening. It's okay. Listen, it's a thing that happens, and these kids need it. I, I get it. You know, So they're not getting as much money from boosters as you know a star player would be getting you know what i mean a scholarship guy um but they're they're doing all of the same work they have the same strenuous schedule all of those things and most of the time walk-ons aren't majoring in the same thing as the scholarship athletes because they didn't originally go there to play sport so they picked a little bit tougher of of a of a, of a major thinking that you know this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to just be a full-time student. And then they make the team and it's like, oh, well, now I'm an engineering major and I'm an athlete, you know, which we see all the time on ESPN. Well, this guy's a 4.0 student with a, with a biomed major. It's like that, that kid is exceptional. That kid is a genius. He is not the norm on a college football not. team. He's not the norm on a college football team. I can't really speak for basketball, but I know for baseball, for, for my teammates playing at the JUCO level, most of them came in and they were general education majors, which means that you're not, you're just getting like a, it's high school 2.0. It's high school, but a little bit tougher when you do a gen ed major at a JUCO, because then they're like, well, you're not specializing in anything. So you're just going to take English, science, history, you know, a foreign language, like you're going to take your, your, your basics is what you're going to get. You're going to leave here with your associates in general education. You're just going to have general knowledge. And then when you get to a bigger school, you'll declare a major, you'll focus on that major, whatever it is. So even when I was playing baseball, it wasn't um, like the load wasn't nearly as hard for the scholarship kids as it was for the walk-ons because the walk-ons weren't expecting to be an athlete. So gotcha. all of that to say walk-ons should be paid if you're a scholarship athlete and it look, I may catch some flag for it, but if you're a scholarship athlete, you're getting a free education. A lot of times at these top, top universities, the most prestigious universities in the country that, that they're literally, if you just graduate from there, you're, you walk out of there with a job. Like if you're, if you graduate from Texas A&M and, and you apply at a job where someone else who graduated from Texas A&M is the hiring manager, you can pretty much guarantee you're going to get a job. Yeah. You know, and that's most schools around the country. So I'll just say that most schools around the country, people want to hire alumni of their, you know, they want to hire other alumni. Makes perfect sense to me. I'm not even mad at that, but you're getting a free education and one of the top schools. And if you're on scholarship at Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, you're going to have a really good shot at going pro. Yeah. So for me, I'm like scholarship kids, maybe, maybe y'all don't necessarily need to get paid. 
but I yeah. understand that you can't pay some without paying all. There you go. I yeah, I think I think it's a slippery slope. Mm-hmm. So if you're gonna do it, I think you have to figure out how to regulate it. Like yeah. if you want if you want kids, if if you're the NCAA, I'm not saying that you shouldn't pay uh, athletes. You go ahead, you pay those athletes. Stop stop fronting, or at least give a real reason why. I'll just be silent on the thing. You got a whole lot of people um, uh, wondering why you're not paying your, you, you're a billion dollar organization or whatever, supposedly nonprofit, but you make boohoos and money. Yep. And uh, college coaches are getting paid um, crazy amounts of money. And it's just, and it's just one of those things where it's like, if you can't pay the athletes, let them know why, like, be honest. Like, don't just, don't, don't. But anyway, I think you gotta you got to regulate it somehow. Like, if you're gonna if you're gonna keep kids on scholarship, uh, okay, cool. Uh, and you're just gonna let them make money off that likeness, okay? Maybe you lift that rule, and then you don't have to worry about well, we got to come up with enough money to pay everybody the exact same amount of money. Uh, if you because you know Zion Williamson, he's making money off of his likeness. Okay, fine. That's just what people want. That's what the people want. Yeah. And so that's what he's, that's how much money. So if you are, if that's Zion and then, you know, Blake over here, you know, number 14 on the bench that's only played for three minutes. Well, he's not getting no commercial deals. Uh, but then I guess as a team, you got to figure out how many commercial deals can Zion take, you know, because he's still a student. He's still got to show up to practice. He's still got it. You know what I'm saying? But if you come up with just like, hey, we're going to pay people, you, I know in the NBA and in the NFL and any uh, professional sports, there are other players that get paid more than other players. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can do that in college. Mm-hmm. I, just, I don't, I don't, number 14 Blake on the bench that doesn't get any playing time, shows up to practice every day, wakes up at five every day, just like everybody else. So I, I, you got to, I think you may, you gotta, you gotta, you got to pay everybody the same, I, you know, like, and I, and this is not like, oh, a participation trophy, because I hate those things. Um, it's not like a participation trophy. I just think um, if you're going to say one college student has a need, this is not, this is not, this is not pay as a reward. This is, this is a, this is a need. This is taking care of a need. Yeah. If you're saying one college student has a need, then you got to take care of the other college student that is in the same boat that has the need which this is really brought to my attention when Kimball Walker one time was like, yo, you know, I was hungry and I didn't get the chance to eat the D hall with clothes. And, you know, like I, I didn't have no money to go to McDonald's or whatever. And so I think this is when the, 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 I think this is when it picked up for a lot of people, like these athletes need to get paid. Yeah. And so I, I'm with it. I think you got to regulate it though. Don't let it be the wild, wild west out there, man. Yeah. Like, and again, like if you're paying students, like what do you do? Like, do you take away scholarships then? Like, do you let the university, instead of giving that scholarship to these athletes since they're getting paid, do you then uh, give more, be able to give more academic scholarships? Yeah. Um, these- are you still giving them scholarships? Are you paying them less? Um, are you paying everybody the same? I think you should have them have bank accounts and you give them a certain amount of money and they have to attend financial classes. And mm-hmm. then if they spend over the amount of money you gave them, you can give them more because stuff happens. 
but they gotta they gotta let you know why they gotta let their financial advisor know why like teach them how to use don't just give them money because you give give a student five thousand dollars what are they gonna spend it on come on what would you have spent it on five thousand dollars of your sports money it ain't going towards books it's just paid oh. What would you, what would you, would you just, you see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? So I think when you got regular. Man, when I was playing that money would have, I would have blown it. We'd have, we'd have been partying. I'm not even gonna lie. We'd have been partying. You just got to regulate it somehow. And I think, and I think that's the headache that the NCAA hasn't wanted, but you got to go for it because you got to do right yeah. by these players. Um, especially if you come out with a game, man, that was, that's, was, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, so. I will say I've, I've actually thought about this a lot. So I'm actually really glad you brought this up and I've thought about how do you regulate it realistically? So mm-hmm. I've had the idea of like, you do like a trust fund thing where you put a certain amount of money into an account. Right. Mm-hmm. And then um, upon them receiving their degree, they now get access to that. Right. Because what's the biggest need of college students when they first graduate? Well, I, I'm struggling to find a job. Well, guess what? You can't live in the dorm anymore. Most most people can't live like move back in with their parents. Like all of these things, most people once you graduate, their parents aren't going to pay their rent anymore. Yeah. So now you've set them up to be able to not have to stress about having a place to live, having internet while they're looking for jobs. So you could yeah. do it that way. Or I like what you said with the bank account where you put a certain amount in there and then you 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 for so this would be for me, this would be the better plan as far as um, if you were to just give everyone a set amount, you take away from each team. So for basketball, right? On any basketball team, there's 15 players on an NCAA basketball team, I believe. Yeah. Right. And I, I, I believe that they have like five or six scholarships per team. Right. So if you're going to pay the players, I, be, I think you take away one scholarship. And you say, okay, from this scholarship money, we're going to put money into, you know, these players' accounts. It'll be a set amount across the board per year that we're going to put into their account. Then you you make them take financial classes, financial advising classes, and you tell them, okay, per month, we want to help you invest 10% of that money monthly into, into some stocks and some bonds and stuff like that. We want you yeah. to take 10% and put into a savings account that's going to accrue interest over the course of the next four years or however long you have that bank account. And mm-hmm. then you say with that 80%, you, you, you do whatever you want with it. But understand, if you go overdrawn and you, you, can't, and you, get, you come back and you tell your financial advisor, hey, this is what happened, and your financial advisor deems that it was something that was avoidable or was just you being you know, irresponsible or whatever – then you get a little bit less the next month because you have to pay back what you went overdrawn. Yeah. I like that plan because then Zion Williamson, life. yeah, Zion Williamson then walks into the NBA and they're like, hey, we're going to sign you to this multi-million dollar contract. And it's not, oh, well, you know, I'm a 19-year-old kid. I've never had to manage money like this before. You know, no, you didn't make multi-millions in college. Exactly. But you've but been advised you some on kind of structure. Yeah, you know how to manage your money a little bit better than well, I'm just gonna go and buy a new house and a new car and do all this stuff. That's why we see so many pro athletes once they Bro. retire, they're bankrupt in like I believe I think they said the average the average player in the NFL is is bankrupt 10 years after they retire. Which is crazy. Amen. And it's because they're not managing their money. They're living this lavish lifestyle, but not securing a nest egg. So I like that plan. But then this is also what I was thinking. Because you brought up commercial deals. I think commercial deals are great. 
but I also think you have to tell them, Hey, there, I think you have to put a GPA threshold on that because for me, that's what would suffer the most would be their GPA. If they're doing commercial deals and stuff. hundred percent. So but here's the thing. If you are only there for, if you're one and done, now this doesn't apply to football, of course, but if you're a one and done basketball player, does it yeah. matter? I, I think, I think if you, if you're going to pay athletes, if you're going to pay basketball players and stuff like that, you would have to do away with the, with the one, one and done. You'd have to go to the football model where they have to be out of high school for at least two years. So that's the, that's the football thing is that's why you don't see like true freshmen declaring for the NFL draft. You, you can see a redshirt freshman declare for the NFL draft, uh, but you don't usually, usually they're redshirt sophomore. Johnny Manziel left as a redshirt sophomore. You know what I mean? Like that was his third year at Texas A&M, but he was a redshirt sophomore. So my thing is you would have to go to, you have to at least be two years out of high school. So that, that would do, I think that would make college basketball a lot more exciting and a lot more fun anyways, yeah. because then we would have gotten to see Zion and RJ Barrett with whoever Duke just brought in this year. You know, we'd have got to see Anthony Davis with, um, I don't remember who came immediately the year after him. Was it Devin Booker? Might have been Devin Booker, D. But I, I don't know who it was, but whoever would like, we'd have got to see that in college, and that would have been really, really exciting. Um, yeah. But I think you have to limit it, and I think you say, I think it has to be relative. So, at let's say you, you were, you know, let's say you were like a three point, a three point seven GPA, right? Mm-hmm. Before we the NCAA comes out and is like, hey, you can take commercial deals, and let's say I'm a I'm a three guy, you know what I mean? Then I think what they have to do is they would come to me and say, hey, commercial deals are fine. If you're a GPA for Anthony, for you, because you're a 3.7 guy, if your GPA falls below a 3.5 because of these commercial deals, that's that's it. You're done with commercials. Uh, and I, I, but you know, for sports, don't they do like 2.0? Like if you fall below a 2.0, you can't play? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't, I don't think you can do it. I don't think you can do it the same as your GPA to play. If that makes sense, because well, not the same as your GPA. I would just go like a, so. If it's two point I just go two five. Like well, that's why I say it has to be relative. Because if you're a three five, you're in no danger of getting a two five at all. Yeah, but you're like, also you're chilling. yeah, yeah. But you're also not in danger of failing out of college either. You know what I'm saying? So, you're not. You're so not. If you, if you drop from a three seven to a three five, that means you got like one B, depending on how many semesters you are. You know? Yeah, like, yeah dang, but that, I can't but that's do no more saying, commercials. But that's what I'm saying has to be relative. So, obviously, like, I just went with the point two drop because I did that right, for the first. Right, right. So, it could be like, okay, you're a 3.0 student. If you fall to a 2.5, no more commercials for you. If you're a 3.7 student, you fall to a 3.0, no more commercials yeah. for you. You okay. know, something like that. They would have to figure out what is the scale there because ultimately, as, as much as I, I, I loved being an athlete and I loved playing baseball, I loved playing football, I loved having that camaraderie with my teammates, I was there to get my education. I was not there primarily to be an athlete. I would have loved that. I would have loved if my whole, if it would have been athlete, athlete student, that would have been great for me. Because then when my teacher, when my professors came around, like, hey, what's going on here, bro? I'd have been like, look, I'm an athlete first, a student second. So you know, this, you get that, you this get is that secondary, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, here's, like, you'll here's get the it. two things. Here's the two things, and I think if we're going to – we can't stay on this and then in the episode, but if we're going to talk about your football team. Oh, yeah, I got to build my team for you guys. We, well, then we got to move. Yes. Okay, here's the two things then. One, NCAA, if you make this rule, in those regulations, you get no money. Uh, not, like, overall. Like, you can't – I'm not saying that you don't get any money. I'm saying you get no money from the players. You do not get to tax the players or ask for a percentage from the players. When That's they fair. get paid, 
you're not asking for one percent from those players or two percent or whatever you don't get nothing from those players uh yeah and then two i blanked on my second one so anyway (laughs) yeah so i don't i just think i don't think the ncaa gets to uh pack the players in any way um oh yeah 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 yeah. if you um yeah and and players scholarships this is my number two scholarships are money uh i graduated with um 40 something thousand dollars in debt so um and if you're graduating with nothing because you got a full scholarship well then Count your blessings. Now, I'm not saying you yeah. shouldn't be angry or you shouldn't be sad. If you feel like there's some injustice happening, you talk about it. We need to talk about those things. I'm not saying, but I'm not saying that you should just be happy with what you get. Now, if you can get paid, get paid. Do your thing. Yeah. But don't, if it doesn't happen, don't look like I don't got nothing. Yeah. And then even yeah. me, even me, I was blessed with an education. There's some people that didn't have an education. Now I'm exactly. paying back my my debts, but I still was blessed with an education. Yeah. So, but I do think no player should should give it all for the school and then because the D Hall closed at some weird time, not be able to eat. Like at the yes. least, there should be some way that a player could request money or something to, for food. To, for food hey, like for, come on or or there should be come a free on. vending machine in their rooms or or something like something there's no way a player should give it all and then because the d hall decided to close at six yeah. you know your practice gets done at eight well then dang like i don't <laughs> what am i supposed to do i wasn't able yeah. to make it on those nights either they the university should to, should cater to the athletes or yeah or there should be a free vending machine. Or yeah, it should be able to go to the athlete bank and be able to get twenty dollars or whatever. Like no or, athlete should not yeah. be able to have food. And I agree with that wholeheartedly. And even there's there's even been instances I I remember. I'm not gonna say the coach's name. I'm not gonna say the player's name. But when I was playing, I'm not even gonna say the school name. When I was playing, one of one of my teammates, I found about I found out about this later. Otherwise, I would have bought him food. But after practice, like, you know, we're all going back to the dorm, whatever. He was from the town. So he was still living at, you know, he was, he had an apartment, right. But he was living, so he was living on his own, but he wasn't living on campus. So he didn't even have a meal plan. Um, and so we go to the, we go to the cafeteria. He's not there. It's not really a big deal. We're like, all right, whatever. Like he, you know, he's doing his thing. He's probably with coach, whatever. And then after dinner, coach was like, Hey man, did you eat? And he's like, no, nah, coach, I, I, I don't have the money to, to eat right now. I had to pay bills and that kind of stuff, you know, because he was one of those guys that full-time student, full-time athlete and had a full-time job. And I don't know how he did it, but he was crazy. And the, the kid was an absolute stud. Like he never, he was never late for practice, never missed a workout, never missed anything. And on the field, when I tell you he was a safety blanket, he was a security blanket. Holy crap. Like he, he was just, he was a great all around guy. I mean, I'm still in contact with him today. He's an incredible dude, but he couldn't, he didn't have money to eat. So our coach went and bought him food, like just took him, took him to Sonic and was like, hey, get whatever you want. You know what I'm saying? Hold on. Hey, what? Well, I'm not getting that. So, so <laughs> yes. So coaches should at least have the leeway to do that. Yeah, um, let, let for, coaches buy athletes for, food. For guys, and we, we're talking about guys because guys are – um or just like that's what we that's what we but we mean guys and girls 
uh, because, yeah, female athletes need this too. No guy or girl athlete giving their all for their, yeah. for their university should, um, should give up those, like, should not, be, uh, not have food. Um, and so, and, and here's the thing, people are like, guys and girls should be equal, and I think they should be treated equally. Well, guys and girls don't get the same things because their bodies need different things. And I'm not saying that's why they don't get the same things now. It's inequality is why they don't get the same things now. But I'm saying like, if you're like, oh, give this guy, like there was this thing with the NCAA uh, with the food was very, very different uh, at the March Madness and they treated those girls wrongly. Um, they were looking at the guy's buffet and all the food that they were giving them and the girls buffet, they, they didn't even have a buffet. They had like just some Salisbury steak. That was nasty. Um, so you treat the girls equally. How do you treat the girls equally? You don't go give them 12 ounce steaks because that's not what their body needs to go perform. You treat them equally. As you look at the guy, you give the guy what he needs to perform. You look at the girl and you say, okay, girl, what do you need to perform at your highest level? And we're going to give you exactly what you need. If we're going to make those things for the guys, we've got to make them for the girls uh, and treat them equally. It doesn't mean the exact same. It just means equal. What do you need? If I'm giving men what they need, I got to give women what they need. And I got to be attentive to that. And so, uh, yeah. So if you're going to pay the guys, pay the girls. Uh, Agree. Okay. Agree. So here we go. We got to run through this because, well, We've been on here for a while, but yeah. hey, we got on it and we talked about it. College, yeah. college, college sports though is the thing. Cody, Cody played in college, so I love college sports, man. He's what we call a um, firsthand, first, firsthand source or firsthand perspective. Yeah. yeah, I'm a primary source. Primary source. Primary, primary source. It's cool. All right, Cody, this is gonna be your um, seven on seven team. Um, okay, because. Well, anyway, it's not going to be seven on seven. Anyway, we're going to just choose skill positions because I didn't have any offensive alignment. That's fair. Uh, so we're going to let you build your skill position, and then maybe next week we can build uh, some offensive alignment or something like that because uh, there is some really great offensive alignment out there. Uh, there are. I just didn't have time to do it. So we're going to start with the quarterbacks. Cody is going to build his football team, and fans, you're going to get a chance to build one better from the same players from the same players you just can't you can't have the exact same team and so yeah. cody you won't um, beat me don't worry <laughs> cody hasn't gotten a chance to look at the list you'll get to look and pick but cody has he has no idea who the players i have on here so we're going to start with the quarterback of course so we have two current players and one old school uh old school meaning retired they don't have to okay. be like in the 1950s or anything. They just are retired at this moment. So we got Matt Ryan or Matthew Stafford. Stafford. You going Stafford? Stafford, easy. Okay, Stafford's never been to a Super Bowl. That's okay. He's a Texas kid. Okay. <laughs> he's, right, cool. he's also he's also never had a team as talented as Matt Ryan. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> okay. 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 All right. Cool. Okay. Matthew Stafford or Donovan McNabb. Oh, that's tough. I got you, man. That's I knew tough. it. I was like, I mm. I'm actually gonna go Donovan McNabb, not okay. because I think not because I think arm talent he's better or anything like that. It's it's because of his legs. Because okay, are okay. we still doing the caveat of in their prime? In their prime, no injuries. Okay, in their prime, no injuries. I'm taking Donovan because he's more okay. athletic. So okay. 
if my protection was to break down or if it's, you know, one of those things where the coverage is just really good. So he has to get out of the pocket and give the receivers a little bit more time. Donovan McNabb is better at that than Matt Stafford. Am I saying that Donovan McNabb is just far and away better than Matt Stafford? No, because I think Matt Stafford is very underrated and I actually think he's a really, really good quarterback. But Donovan McNabb, I, I really, I mean, that's, that's a home. That may, you can call me a homer if you want to because I'm an Eagles fan. Mm-hmm. But I, I just, yeah, it would have to be Donovan. Are we building it for today's NFL? Uh, yeah, today, today's yeah, so, NFL. Yeah, definitely Donovan because he's a little bit more athletic okay. and can escape the pocket easier. All right, running back, Kareem Hunt or Nick Chubb? Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb, okay. Nick Chubb or Tiki Barber? Uh, I think I'm going to actually stick with Nick. He's a better Nick? he's a better receiving back. Okay. Um he he can run every single um he can run outside inside, he can run draw, counter, uh toss, he can run, you know, lead, he can run iso, he can run anything. Tiki Barber could as well. I just don't think Tiki's as good of a of a receiver as a Nick. So I'm okay. I'm going Nick on that one. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Wide receiver, Cooper Cup or Will Fuller? Um, uh, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Cooper. I'm gonna say, say Cooper. Cooper? I'm gonna okay. say Cooper. Okay. Cooper. okay. Cooper or Victor Cruz? Golly. I, it's tough because I don't know who the other receivers are. I'm assuming yeah. we're doing one more receiver. Yeah, yeah, we're doing one more, one more. Okay. At it's least. tough because I don't know who the other receiver is. So in my head, I'm like, I need a deep threat, but I'm also going to need that possession guy. Victor Cruz was more of a deep threat. And Cooper Cup is more of a possession guy, but I'm still gonna go Cooper because I've seen him, I've seen him make plays on deep balls. He's just okay. not the he's not a he's not a run after catch guy like Victor okay. Cruz was. So I'm, but I am gonna go Cooper Cup there. But it's it's close, yeah, really close. Cooper. Okay, really close. And and fans, again, remember we are not so we are not including the greatest of all times. Not even yeah, like yeah, just yeah. the best in today's NFL because it would be too easy, right? Yeah. And yeah. so, uh, so that's why y'all are not seeing Jerry Rice or Randy Moss yeah, or like, Julio Jones. Like you're not Patrick seeing those Mahomes, guys. Tom Brady. Yeah, like, yeah, because that's Andy too easy. Smith or you know, like yeah, we're we're picking easy. guys who were good at what they did, but maybe not considered the greatest of, of all time. Did. Yeah, because yeah. if, okay. if Patrick Mahomes were been in the quarterback conversation, it's I'm taking easy. Pat all day. Yeah, it's easy. easy. It's too easy. It's easy. All right, wide receiver. Second one, Amari Cooper, Mike Evans. Amari Cooper. Going Amari Cooper. I think yes. go Mike Evans. He runs Amari Cooper runs better routes than Mike Evans. He has better hands than Mike Evans. He's faster than Mike Evans. The only thing he's not is taller than Mike Evans. And I, I don't I don't need a jump ball specialist. Okay. What I need is a guy that can run every route in the route tree and do it consistently. Man, I thought that was gonna be a hard one. You picked that one really easy. I I okay, I, okay. he's a cowboy, <laughs> but I really like Amari Cooper. Like I wish <laughs> okay. he was wearing Philly green. <laughs> he's a really okay. good receiver. So Amari Cooper or Chris Carter. Chris Carter, he has the best hands of all time. <laughs> like, what do you mean? It's Chris Carter. It's Chris Carter. But now, you had just I said Amari Cooper runs the best. Oh, he routes. does. He, he then Mike uh, Evans. Then Mike Evans. Chris Carter's a Hall of Famer for a reason. Like, okay. Chris Carter runs okay. great routes. He has the best, in my personal opinion, and a lot of people agree with me. Chris Carter has the best hands in league history. The okay. only person that they're even comparing is Randy Moss. And that's because Randy Moss is doing all these one-handed grabs and stuff. And that's incredible, but I don't need a guy that's wanting to catch one-handed. I need yeah. a guy that's going to secure a two-handed catch for me, and that's Chris Carter. And Chris, Chris Carter wasn't slow. He was fast. There you go. Now, had I known that this was, was where you were going, I'd have took Victor Cruz instead of Cooper Cup. Oh, really? 
Because Chris Carter would have been my possession guy. But I'm I'm actually not mad at those receivers. You can't have too many first downs, though. You can't. You're right. First downs win games, ultimately. All right. And then tight end, we're going to go Hunter Henry or Austin Mm. Hooper. Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry? Yes. I like Austin Hooper, but I think Hunter Henry just all around is better. He's a better blocker, which is going to be huge for me. All right, and this one I feel like it's going to be easy, but I just had to because I kind of like this guy. So I, just, I was like, <laughs> so Hunter Henry or Antonio Gates? Oh, it's actually a little bit tougher than you think. Okay, okay. Because, okay. because again, because the way I would structure my offense to run, we would be a little bit, a little bit. We would not be like 70, be 30 run to pass. We know, we yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it wouldn't slinger. it wouldn't be like 90, 10 pass to run. You know what I'm saying? Like we're still going to run the ball. It would probably be, be like 65, 35, 60, 40 pass to okay. run. Okay, okay, okay. But I, in that, I need a tight end that can block. And Antonio Gates could run some routes and the man could catch the touchdowns. When it came to blocking, he's a bit of a liability <laughs> compar- comparatively okay. compared to Hunter Henry. And Hunter Henry can run routes and catch touchdowns as well. So I think, oh, man, Antonio Gates has the most touchdowns ever as a tight end, I believe. It's either him or Tony Gonzalez. Golly, that's tough, man. um, I'm actually, I think I'm going to go, I think I'm going to stick with Hunter. Okay. Just for the extra added blocking, because then he's essentially an extra O-lineman. So, so. uh... If I need him. So Cody's team, if I'm not mistaken, is Donovan McNabb, yep. Nick Chubb, Cooper Cup, Chris Carter, and Hunter Henry. Okay, 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 okay. All right. I, I I'm not mad at you for that one. I was kind of hoping you'd have fullbacks in there. You um, and me get I yeah, I thought about it, man. Um, I thought about adding slot receiver, like a that like that. But if it's I slot had, receiver and Wes Walker wasn't an option, I don't even want to Well, <laughs> I, I was thinking about because well, Wes Walker is great at what he does. So I, here's, well, here's all the of thing. these guys are great at what he yeah. does. But I well, the reason why I didn't add the slots receiver because I had already made this list and I was thinking about it and I was like, well, man, is technically because a lot of these guys switch in between slot receivers. Like so, I think yeah, like, I think Cooper Cup plays a little slot sometimes and yeah. Victor did. And so I was like, do I have to restructure the whole? I'm not going to restructure the whole thing. So yeah. <laughs> Jess was like, I'm going to keep it. Uh, slot so receiver, honorary, I took Didi Westbrook anyway, so it doesn't matter. There you go. The honorary, <laughs> the honorary, uh, honorary um, wide receivers. I thought about Adam Thielen. Oh. Uh, um, Tyreek Hill, he's uh, – I thought about him, but he is been a little, really good. That would have been a little too easy. Yeah, yeah, it would have been a little too easy. But I did think about Adam Adam, Adam Thielen. Um, yeah, fullbacks? I don't know very many fullbacks. Um, I uh, will say, other than Tiki Bar, I almost gave you Marshall Falk. Um, if you gave me Marshall Falk, I'm taking him. Or Maurice Jones-Drew. Like, there was, there was, there was my – those were my three old school. Uh, oh, that would have been tough. MJD uh, would have been tough between him and Nick. Yeah. So – it was it was fun. It was fun picking it. Um, okay, okay. I made you sweat on a couple of them. I made you sweat on a couple of them. So okay. Yeah. So truth be told, truth be told, I fans. This is this my my co-host. I, I did not see the list prior to this or anything like that. But I I follow um I follow a page on Twitter where they're always doing comparisons mm-hmm. between like current players, and it's ironic because today they posted one and it was Amari Cooper versus Mike Evans. 
Oh, really? Okay. And so I got on there and I kid you not. So this page has like one and a half million followers, 500,000 comments. I did not read all 500,000. Well, that's good. I ain't got the kind of time. I read, I read, I read about, about a hundred. Mm-hmm. And I think 97 out of a hundred said Mike Evans over Amari Cooper. And then I clicked and I looked at the graphic and literally it showed Amari Cooper. Not, it didn't show stats. It showed their combine, like, like their pro day stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, weights, 40 time, all that kind of stuff. Boom, 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 boom. Stacked them up. And I was like, the only thing that Mike Evans has is, is two inches worth of height. Amari Cooper, six, oh. three. Yeah. Mike Evans, six, five. Amari Cooper ran a better 40. He runs better. And then, and then I like pulled up Amari Cooper's film and compared it to Mike Evans. I was like, Amari Cooper runs better routes. He, he has better hands. Their hands are about the same size. I was like, and this is why and I'm not gonna, and I'm not gonna get into this topic. I'm just saying if we'd have traded Dak from the Cowboys fans, if we'd have traded Dak and Zeke for Russell Wilson, I still think we would have been okay. Oh, we yeah. got Cooper, Gallup, and Lamb. And then Tony yeah. Parler showed that he can run. Yep. So I just I we didn't do it. And that's which okay. is okay. That's okay. Because we're still okay. gonna be fine. But I'm just saying, yeah. So let me say this. I'm not getting into it. This is the last thing I'm gonna say about Amari Cooper versus Mike Evans. Everyone okay. blo- like freaks out because they're like, Mike Evans has had four years where he's gone over a thousand yards and it's like yes but do you realize that the tampa bay buccaneers over that stretch through the most had the most passing attempts in the nfl by far by far they had the most passing attempts in the nfl as a team so of course if if a if you're a receiver in a pass heavy offense you should have at least a thousand yards, if, especially if you're the number one, right? So if we were talking about like the number three or the number four, like, yeah, he didn't have a thousand, whatever. Mike Evans is the number one. He should have over a thousand yards. Amari Cooper, before Dak Prescott got hurt, was on pace to have over 1500 yards. They, they was, they were balling them. Put, put that in perspective. The record, the record for receiving yards in a season is 2000. Come on. Look. I believe I almost gave you Marvin Harrison too. Oh, uh, Marvin Harrison against who? Well, against the Amari Cooper, Mike Evans. Oh, that'd have been so tough. I probably yeah. would have took Amari, but that'd have been tough. Yeah. So I had some, I had some guys, um, and I had some thoughts. So this was fun. We may do this again because oh, yeah. literally, literally with the the NBA is a little harder because like there's not as many players, but with the NFL, like. I mean, one of the quarterbacks almost was Dak versus um, versus you know like we was, I was gonna pick Dak and somebody else you know but I decided to go a little older more seasoned quarterback. Depending on who that around. someone else was, it would have been Dak. You know, so I just it just this is this is fun because you you can you could totally do this so many times in the NFL. You can go defensively, build one of the best defenses. Oh. Now again, we can't have LT or probably JJ Watt maybe. Yeah, we probably have but, to leave out Reggie White, LT, yeah. Ray Lewis, uh, yeah, which was Ed suck. Reed. Like, we'd have to Bala leave out Malu. some of these guys. Um, we'd probably have to leave out Sean Taylor. Yeah, you know Bob Sanders. Well, I think you could leave Bob Sanders in there. What's uh, yeah, you could and yeah, like I, you're a linebacker. I, I definitely have to pick Sean Mary. Like, was it not Sean Mary? What's his name? Sean uh, Mayweather, Merriweather. <laughs> No, yeah, he used, do the, he used to do the he used to do the char he was on the Chargers and he yeah, used to, I had to was look it Merriman? It was something I don't know. But I know was, who you're talking about. Yeah. I like bro, you could do Brian Erlacher, you could do Luke Keekley. Yeah. 
Luke Keekley, man. That's tough. One of the best linebackers. He stole it from Sean Lee because Sean Lee can't stay healthy. Tough, man. Yeah, so so fans, if you enjoy that segment, please do let us know because we could flip it. We could make me build an NBA team, and we could make Anthony build build an an offensive, an offensive, you know, five on five team or whatever it was. I don't know how many players we just picked. So yeah, interact with us on Instagram. We value your feedback. We really do. We are both trying to get better about being a little bit more active on Instagram. We try, y'all, and those kinds of things. But understand, both of us have kids. My Kids son job. is um my son is eight days from turning one. Your hey, daughter Barbie, turned Barbie. one in November. So both of us have kids that are under the age of two. And so they're they're just kind of going and doing and all this stuff. We both have, you know, both have lives, we both have wives, we both have jobs, we have family, all of those kinds of things. So we are trying to get better at those things. So please do yeah. have a little bit of grace with us. Have a little grace. Um, patience and you know again like we say thank y'all because we know y'all have these yeah. things and y'all take time to listen out yeah. to us you guys are incredible so we appreciate y'all uh, hey. uh, uh, uh. Sorry because through all of this stuff what we what me and my co-host have got to remember is you guys choose to listen to us but i could have been at a barbecue you could have been anywhere in the world man and here's anywhere. the thing you guys are not gonna beat my team i get it but you should try but you can't – you're not going to beat my team. And I, that's that's why I say I don't think that they wanted to play the game because they couldn't beat your team. They were a little oh, bit afraid. And fans, yeah, yeah. if that hurts your feelings – You can't handle the truth. I'm going to just be real with you. I, I got the greatest NBA GM sitting sitting here co-hosting this podcast with me. Thank so. Give me a billion dollars and let me buy a team and let me show you what I'm going to do. Give I me need a, a small loan of a billion dollars. I need a small loan of a billion dollars, man. If you no give me a chance. Billion, I'm telling you right now, if you give me a billion dollars and say, Anthony, no. go buy it, I'm telling you, we'd be champions. In at least five years. Give me five. Okay, yeah. Give, give me, me five. give me five years. Give me, give me five, five years, and I can build you a perennial Super Bowl champion. But honestly, but honestly, it don't matter. They gave me the billion dollars. I own the team. So even if we didn't make it <laughs> five, I own the team. Just look, so look at Michael Jordan. He's like, look, look, I own. The I'm team. chilling. <laughs> they go, hey, but they're gonna be nice if hey. Gordon Haywood stay healthy. Lamelo Ball comes back. I think they're gonna have to get rid of one. Either Devontae Graham or Scary Terry. I think they could flip Devontae Graham for more, but he actually is a better probably fit, I think, for them on the team. They may could get Scary Terry uh, and trade him. Uh, yeah. But I think they're going to be a nice squad, man. I saw they, a thing. I think they're sixth in the East. They're yeah. going to probably win a playoff. I think if LaMelo and a guy, they may win a playoff game, but whatever. Yeah, I, I saw a thing. It wasn't like from a, 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 a like very well-known sports source or anything like that, but they were saying, um, they were saying how interesting would it be if in free agency, because the Hornets have, I, I believe they have quite a bit of money that they're going to be able to spend in free agency. And this free agent class that's coming up this year isn't super star heavy. The last I looked at it, um, there are some, like some stars. You know, there are some stars, but they're not star heavy. But I think next year is when we see um, like some more of the bigger stars going to free agency. So how awesome would it be to see Charlotte go and pick up somebody to partner with Lamelo, you know what i mean like like even even like gordon's there you know but what if they went and picked we up another big man or something see. like that you know what i mean so i don't i don't know i i'm actually really excited for Lamelo, and i think if Lamelo doesn't get hurt i think he wins rookie of the year oh yeah easy he was having the best year you I mean, know anthony I, Edwards, anthony Edwards had the best dunk but Lamelo has the best year 
Yeah. So, I mean, and LaMelo still made, I don't know what his injury was. All I saw was that he is injured. So I don't know. Yeah, how he's, out he's out for the season. Okay. He so a fractured, fractured uh, wrist or something like that. that. See, so that sucks. Had he not got hurt, he'd have been rookie of the year. Yeah. And I mean, either way, the future's bright for him. I think he's going to be great. And I, I actually, I actually think he's better than Lonzo. See, we'll see. They talk about I think, Lonzo I think going he to the will Bulls. Will be better than Lonzo. That probably. We'll see. Lonzo. They talk about Lonzo going to the Bulls with Zach Levine and Vujicic, Vujic or Vucevic. Yes. And so I, I think it'll be interesting. But hey, we can't keep talking to y'all fans. We gotta go. Get out of here. Get out of <laughs> here. Get out. We of love you guys. House. We will we see you on the recording. next one. You ain't got to go home, but you can't stay here. Can't stay here. All of that to say, whoever your team is. Root for them. Stay biased. Stay fans. We will catch you on the next one. Until then, peace. Hey, fans. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Calling All Fans podcast. We love you guys. We're so grateful that you joined us today. Remember, keep being fans, keep being biased, and we'll see you on the next episode.